Howdy and aloha and welcome to the Revival Podcast. Happy summertime. Oh, bless. It was the longest winter ever. No, and I really need a really long summer. Like, I'm fine if we don't have a November. Can you pray for or that? Or a fall. <laughs> we just like we skipped. I don't, baby, yes, yes. You should know you can pray for anything in the whole wide world. Okay. I'm Dave Butler, by the way. This is... Stefan Tager. All right. We are... Do we, does anyone even know how we know each other? We Did we do that in the first episode? I don't know. Who knows? We did our master's program together, so we drove up to the U twice a week for a million years. So fun. And then we taught together at UVU Institute also, and, and now um, Stefan teaches religion at BYU, and I call him every day to find all the answers to my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I had to block him for a few months. He's, he's a little taxing on Liar, that. you love it. <laughs> all right, so this is Revival Podcast. We take a, a conference talk every week, and we just talk about what are the, um, man, what are this, the thrilling, the exciting, just the soul-satisfying parts of these? What, what questions do these talks, because they actually like make a difference, right? During conference weekend, it's hard to get engaged, I think, or at least it is for me, but then you look back on them, maybe one a week, and you just kind of see some of the truths and and how relevant all of the things that they're talking about, how to live as a person of faith. So that's what this podcast is. Today, we are doing this talk by Elder Carl B. Cook. The name of it is Just Keep Going. And I just, I will admit, wait, just keep going with faith. That's going to be the most important part, I think. But I will admit when I saw the title of it, and like as I listened to it, it just reminded me of that part in Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Remember uh, last week when you'd never been to Disneyland? Have you ever watched Nemo in your life? It's been a while. It's been oh a while my since gosh. I've watched Nemo. I don't even. What do you watch? Uh, I really like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I know it's going to be good because of your. I really like watching. My favorite YouTube channel is called Dave's Walks. Dave's Walks? It's this guy in the UK and he just walks around the English countryside. <laughs> Or little UK oh, villages. My. It's my absolute favorite channel. <laughs> and I'll just put on some soft music and I just pretend I'm in the English countryside. Okay, I love you. So if there's so anyone much. in England who wants to trade homes for a summer, I'm all in. <laughs> okay, well, there's this movie and it's about a fish and it's called Nemo. It's like all the rest of America knows it. And um, he meets Dory. Remember Dory? Do you know who these people are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've okay. seen it. I've seen okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. But she has this mantra, you know, where she says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> that's like, and she's trying to teach like Nemo's dad when he's looking for Nemo, like that's what you do. You just like, you just keep going. Like if you have sharks, you just keep going. If you have like the sea, pelicans eat you, you just keep going. <laughs> if a whale eats you, like you just keep going. Like that's kind of her mantra. And it works out for her. You know, in the end, this very like President Hinckley would have loved the Nemo movie because remember he was so like you know he was like go that. forward with faith. Yes, yes, you know? right. He was always just like, and I actually love like the stuff that he you know you see circling around like people repost all the time where he's just like keep you just keep going and um, there is something about that line to just keep going, just keep swimming that feels like optimistic and it feels like oh that's easy to say if you're not in the middle of it, you know. And the question is, does that actually work in in real life? Like, is that like how how long does that does that actually last? Um, and he gives this line where he says this. This is in the talk, Elder Cook, Carl B. Cook. We have this skeleton that we have as a 
um, <laughs> Halloween decoration. I'm just telling you, and its name is Carl. <laughs> and so and it just throws me off when I see Elder Carl. We're sorry, because, Elder Cook. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he. It's our favorite decoration. Like he would love it. He would love it. It was not named after him. I'm they sure he have, would. They just have the same name, and so it just throws me off. Okay, in his talk, he says this. The God of heaven and earth will help us overcome discouragement and whatever obstacles we encounter if we look to him, follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost, and just keep going. And then there's this dash in the written one, and it's like, with faith. Yeah, because I feel like I can keep going a lot. Right. I feel like I can move my body and do, and say the right things. But the with faith part, that that's the question that we want to answer is how do we keep going but with faith. Well, and if the question is, and then how do we overcome discouragement? It's sort of like, I actually could go, I believe that someone could go through this life like weighted down by a discouragement from day one to day end. They really could. Right. And you would make it, you'd be alive and, you, and you'd and have a job and pay your taxes and go to the grocery store and golf and all the things that you would do in life and just be weighted down with discouragement, right? Can you be weighted down when you're golfing? Sure. Yeah, Probably. yeah, you Probably. could take you could take discour you could take discouragement anywhere with you, right? And so I don't think it's so much of the issue of like making it through life. Like that to me that's terrible. It would be a terrible way to live to think like, oh, I just grit my teeth and I made it. I did not give up and I kept going, right? Yeah. But it seems like there's it's like, wait, but what if you didn't have to do that? And and it seems like adding that other part in is like, how do you keep going with faith? And it seems to maybe be the answer for the antidote to discouragement. You know, yeah. if, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but on some level, I mean, just to be honest and be practical, there are moments where you just go through the motions. Sure, like we have to, we have to be real about. It. You're not going to feel amazing all of the time. Yeah, and and I think sometimes you have to. Right. I remember reading this thing about like it was a writer, and, and you know, and there's like what 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 someone was asking like what do you do if you don't feel like writing. And he was like, I write Absolutely. Like, because you just have to, you know? Yeah. And in the, in the talk, he tells the Elder Packer story and Elder Packer keeps inviting him to get up and speak without notes over and over and over again. And this is what Elder Cook says. Do you know what I am grateful for that I didn't give up or resist? If I had given into my desperate desire to escape from those meetings, I would have missed an opportunity to increase my faith and, re and receive a rich outpouring of love and support from my heavenly father. Mm. All of us have experienced things where we're like, oh, I'm so glad I kept trying, whether it's a job or like a degree at school. There is something to be saying, like, just get to the finish line. Just do that. But if all of life was like that, that would be pretty, pretty depressing. That would lead to a lot of despair. Yeah. I, and I actually love um, that. I mean, that that example that he gives, you know, of Elder Packer inviting him to speak. He's like, I'm so glad I, I kept going. You're kind of like... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But someone might read this and think, I know, but the thing I'm in is, is heavier than that. You know, the thing that I'm dealing with, like to keep going where there's some people who are just like, man, I, and, and I think we might talk for a second about why is it so hard to keep going? Yeah. What, what, what is it about just going through the motions that makes things so difficult and why won't that work? I think, I think one of the reasons why is because when people are just going through the motions, they're not finding ways to be happy in the present moment. They're mm. not finding ways to find joy right now. And they're always looking for something in the future. There's a high correlation between bad mental health and always worrying about the future or always worrying about the past. Mm. 
But those who are, can enjoy and be present right now in, in this moment, those are the people who really uh, feel alive in, in, in this life. Mm. And I, oh, maybe the answer is in here that we get to of like, okay, so how do I do that, right? Yes. How do yeah. I like keep going, you know, with faith? How do I enjoy the present moment, you know, while I'm moving through? Yeah, I really believe that all of the pioneers who walked across the plains, I really believe that even though they were going through horrible things, some of them, if not a lot of them, learned how to like, walk the walk the trail in a way that actually they were more enlivened. They felt more love. They felt more goodness in their life. Well, and I actually think too that there's so there's. I read this article one time about um, the Willie Martin Handcart Company, mm-hmm. and there's two parts of it that were like super impressive to me. One part was that, you know, sometimes we tell the story about them and and we give them the motto, they had faith in every footstep. And I want to say like, well, there's no way 100% of them did. Mm. Like, I actually think some people crossed the plains and lost their faith as they came across. Some people probably crossed the plains and came out faith neutral. And some people came across and like, there's this one guy I love so much. His name is Francis, Francis Webster. And he said this line where he said, um, it was a privilege for me um, to be a part of that company. And he said this, he said, it was during those times that we became acquainted with God. Mm. And like Elder Cook said, where he was like, do you know what I'm grateful for? I'm glad I didn't give up because I would have missed out on opportunity. And I think that's what Francis Webster would say too, essentially saying the same thing, right? Where he's like, I'm so glad that I didn't give up because that experience led to me becoming acquainted with God in a way that I wouldn't have any other way. But it's interesting because there were people in that same like wagon train who came back, like not acquainted with God and upset with him. And they went through it, they made it, they got to the finish line, but the experience wasn't like, it didn't hit a soul level, or at least it didn't hit a soul level in a good way. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Elder Cook, he says, Regardless of the size, scope, and seriousness of the challenges we face in life, we all have times when we feel like stopping, leaving, escaping, or possibly giving up. But exercising faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ, helps us overcome discouragement no matter what obstacles we encounter. So we know that that's going to be the answer. We know that, okay, we've got to focus on the Savior. We know that we've got to have faith in Him to do this right. But let's get real specific. Elder Cook, he says something where he, it's very profoundly insightful on how do we actually walk across the plains, go through life, but with faith, to do it well. You got it? You want to read it? Yeah. He says this, just as the Savior finished the work he was given to do, he has the power to help us finish the work we have been given. We can be blessed to move forward along the covenant path, no matter how rocky it becomes, and eventually receive eternal life. And I, this, this paragraph takes me to a scripture in Hebrews where it says, you know, it says about Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And so he made it. He finished the work God gave him to do. And let's just say that work was far harder and more excruciating and difficult than 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 mine, right? And I usually don't like to compare Sure. My trials with anybody else's, but Jesus, I think we're safe to say, you know, like, um, gets first place in that one. And 
but it says he finished the work he was given to do. And, and Paul tells us, or, you know, in Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him, his heart was set on something. And that is what gave him the strength, the courage, the whatever word we want to put in there to, to finish that work. Yeah, I love this quote from Elder Cook because it teaches us that when we're walking across the plains, when things are empty and difficult, the cross is the model and the motivation. Mm. We follow the way that Jesus endured, and because he endured so well on our behalf, it gives us the motivation. So for the model, Jesus centers his heart on the right things when he's on the cross. Right. I mean, Dave, let me just ask you, what is he thinking? What is he feeling? Like, we don't know for sure, but of course it has to be what? It has to be his father and others, the people he loves. Yeah. And so when it becomes about love of God and love of others, my motivation is actually to bless other people and to serve them and do good. Then I think that helps us have uh, the right um, model and how we get through this. Yeah. And I'm just so intrigued by that he has this a holy purpose in mind on the cross like i think there's something different like easy he could have been focused on the pain and he could have been focused on the injustice and the unfairness of it and all of those things but he actually has a heart focused on love of his father and and love of us and like just like i'm he almost as if like i imagine him just saying like I have a purpose here. There's purpose in this suffering. There's purpose in this enduring. And, and his heart seems to be so set on that. And in and and that way, it's the model, right? Where he yeah. said, almost as if he would say to us, set your heart on the love, on love, you know, but also set it on a holy purpose too. Like what if you saw whatever it is that you were enduring? What if you saw the potential for a holy purpose in it? I mean, God, the father took what happened on the cross and, and, and has turned the whole, every situation golden because of it. Like he took that terrible situation and he turned it in and the outcomes of it are beautiful. And what if I was focused on that? And I knew that, that there's, there can be holy purpose in whatever it is I'm going through. Keep going and keep going with the mindset of God's gonna do something beautiful with this circumstance and situation. Yeah, I love that so much. And I mean, let's get real practical. Let's say someone is struggling in a specific area with family or work or or church or whatever. And one way to apply what Elder Cook is saying is to get real honest about why you engage with that aspect of your life. And then to repent and say, how could I make this trial or this area of my life, how, how could I change my motives here to do it for a holier and higher purpose? What do you mean? Wait, say that. Explain that to me. Better. So, uh, okay. So let's say someone is having like a really difficult time with family. Often, let, let's say their kids are not acting the way that they want to. Sometimes the real reason why that bothers us is because we want to be seen as good parents. Mm. We want the affirmation that comes from being seen as, oh, I'm a good mom or I'm a good dad. Mm. And then to go to God and say, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me for using my kids to try to get more affirmation in this world. Help me to love them more. Mm. And that changing of motive deeply sanctifies our trials. I think that's why we despair. And that's why some people can handle them so well is because they see a purpose behind mm. their behind their difficulties. Yeah, I, I uh, had a, a friend one time who, it, 
I went to their funeral of their little baby who had tragically passed away and it was terrible. It was a terrible situation, but he said something at the funeral where he just said um, that his, the mindset he was trying to develop was if he could take it back, he would in a heartbeat, because I think it's important to say right here, like, I don't, well, let me say what he said and then I'll clarify. Um, But he said, what if this experience is what turns us closer to God? What if this experience is what binds our family like closer to each other in love, like making it through this tragedy together is what if that's actually what ends up like helping us become the people that, that we, that God intended us to be, that we wanted to be. Now in saying that, I think I want to be super, super clear. And it's like, I, I don't think God caused what happened by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I don't think he did that so that they could become better people or, or learn compassion and love and all those things. I think a tragedy occurred in this particular situation, the way he was saying it. And, but then he saw it in a way where he's just like, oh, what if, you know, God a, could use even he, this. Yeah. Could he use, if, and if he can use a cross and he can use that, can he use something like even this? Remember, you know, there's that song. I was actually thinking about it earlier. The nearer my God to thee, mm. right in the first verse, even though it be a cross that raiseth me nearer my God to thee. Like whoever's writing that song is saying like, I want to be nearer to you. And even if it's a cross that raised me up nearer to you, they're saying like, I would, I would take it. You know, and that's like, that's a, people sing that song all the time without thinking like about that line where you're just like, oh, that's a totally different kind of perspective. That's a, that's a trust in God. When he says a faith in Jesus Christ, that's a trust in them that they can take these situations and turn them for good. The, the only way, I love that. The only way that someone could have the motivation to do that is if they see that the Savior went through the deepest, darkest places for us. So I'd be willing to go through the deepest trials for him. Mm. If, if the cross is abstract, he died for everyone, then it's hard to make it through those things. Mm. But if he died for me, if he did that for me, I, I'll do anything for him and use mm. any difficulty to get closer to him. Yeah. And I guess it kind of depends on like what someone means by don't give up. And if you feel like God is the one calling and saying, don't give up, keep on going. Like, I, you know, I can, I can turn this for, for good. Don't turn your back on me. Don't turn your back on others because of, of this. Like, give it time. Let me, let me have some time with this. Let me, you know, then I feel like I could say back to him, like, okay, I'll keep going. I, I, won't, I won't turn my back on you or others because I, I trust you. You didn't turn your back on me. And so, I'm, I, then I, so I won't either. I won't turn my back on you as I go through this. I love that. This final quote, is this, is this Joseph that he's quoting here? Oh, at the beginning? When yes. he says that? Yeah, 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 yeah. He told me I should never get discouraged whatever difficulties might surround me. If I was sunk in the lowest pit of Nova Scotia and all the Rocky Mountains piled on top of me, I ought not to be discouraged, but hang on, exercise faith, and keep up good courage, and I should come out on the top of the heap at last. Oh, man. And it made me think, just for the first time while you're reading that, is I, I'm just picturing at him under all the mountains of Nova Scotia, whatever that is. Um, he's in there and just piled on top of, all that's piled on top of him. Like, I just imagine him thinking in his mind, God sees me. There's something about that 
that I don't, we haven't quite addressed yet where I'm just like, he sees me, he sees my situation, he knows what's going on. And even that actually feels like it like encourages, encourages me. Yeah. If you, if you need to know, if you need to experience that more directly, here's some practical things you might do. First, you might get a priesthood blessing. Mm. That's one of the most directly powerful ways that God speaks to us. And and then you can really see that God sees me, right? Mm. Another thing is to pull out a patriarchal blessing and and look for those lines that apply. I mean, revelation always leads to continuous more revelation. So look for those lines that speak to this situation, right? Yeah. I think those are two practical things we can do. And then look to that and look to the cross as right. as that model for how Jesus endured, but also the motivation for how I might also. Amen. That's revival. See you next week.